you haven't seen it yet, you're maybe in the few because it's uh, been at the top of the box office for the past couple of weeks. And it's, it's your Ninja Turtles movie. You know, most of us grew up on it. We know the story of the four turtles, Leonardo, Donatello, Michelangelo, Raphael, um, and Splinter, their sensei, going against the Shredder. So same world, you know, same kind of uh, story, uh, a new story, of course, but it's the same routine. You know, you have the turtles going to fight Shredder. April O'Neil's involved. Uh, I, I was on the fence when I saw the trailers because I grew up with the old ones, and I thought Michael Bay might have ruined this. And honestly, uh, maybe it's just having that old world thought or old, that old thinking, but it, it was not, it was not a big favorite for me. Um, I could see it as it's appeal to a new generation for the kids. You know, there's a new cartoon out and everything like that. So it definitely has the action. It has some of the funny stuff, but it just doesn't hold a candle to the originals in my opinion, uh, especially with the storyline. So that was, that's what I went and saw. Okay. I, I actually saw a movie called uh, The Giver, and I actually saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as well. And I, as a youngster, I never followed them. I never followed. This is my first Teenage Mutant Ninja situation with this movie. What? Yeah, I I, I refused. Like, I I couldn't get into the turtles. Oh, my God. Wow, man, he missed out. Thing one and thing two were very interested, so I took them to the movies to go see it, and they enjoyed it. So, I mean... You know, if they enjoyed it, then it must have been good. Uh, I, I just couldn't get into it. Never could. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Still on a fan. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the prime childhood. <laughs> uh, I actually saw a movie called The Giver, which stars um, Jeff Bridges, Meryl Streep, and uh, Katie Holm, and Alexander Sarsgaard, who is of True Blood fame. Um it's very a very interesting movie. Uh, it's a sci-fi thriller. It basically is about a society of people that um, live in a state of complacency, and through charge of society, they have to give away their memories and their past thoughts to um, an entity known as the giver, quote unquote. And the giver has to select someone to give all of that information, too, to be the holder, like to pass it on. And it's given to this young man uh, who actually starts to look at it as a burden because it's too much information for him to hold on to. So now he holds this information about these people that are in this society, this living environment, and it's too much for him to bear, and he plots on leaving, but the powers that be uh, need him there to actually govern and be, uh, I guess, a leader of sorts because he is now the information holder. But he doesn't want to hold it because it's too much for him. And he uh, wants to escape, but escape leads in death. So that's what he's dealing with. And he you know, is in turmoil with his family because he can't tell them anything. So... It's a really, really intense thriller. I thought the whole dynamic of living in a state of complacency where it's kind of governed by the government was pretty interesting. And the fact that they're actually robbing and stealing your memories to keep that complacency ongoing was pretty interesting as well. I recommend it. I think it's uh, something that will provoke thought and it'll make you, you know, go into the resource of your, your psyche and wonder about things. So, okay. awesome. You know I'm a little nope. weird, so 
<laughs> I wanted to see that one too, though. So I'm glad I'm glad you liked it because that just reaffirms my uh, desire to see the movie. Yeah, check it out, Adam. Is it coming out? Is it coming out? You looking forward to? Um, for me, it's Sin City still. That comes out this weekend. Um, okay. I'm pretty excited about that one. Yeah, for me too. I'm, I'm okay. interested in that. All right. Yeah. All right. So. Yeah, yeah, and I had a quick question for Chike. Uh, I know she only had a small part, but I heard Taylor Swift was in that Giver movie. Was she any good, or is she trying to get into that whole acting realm, or do you think it was just like I, a one I, I do believe that she has a future. I do believe okay. that she can, you know, if you know, spoon-fed, I think that she can grow to be something. Okay, so she wasn't, she didn't just flop around, and that she was actually putting effort in. You could yeah, tell. Yeah, I, okay, I think that she good. she has a future, you know, with you know training and more experience. I think that she will be a contender in in movies. Okay, that's good to hear. So oh, real speaking quick, of, well, wait, I'm sorry. Ahead, I'm speaking sorry. of Taylor Swift being in a movie for the first time, just so that you guys know, the trailer for my first movie that I'm in is oh, yeah. now up and live on the internet. I actually just posted it on my Twitter, and I posted it on my Facebook. So wow. if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter, at Absolutely Chike, and on Facebook, it's Chike Evans. Please check it out. The name of the movie is called Love Him or Leave Him. Definitely got to check it out. We'll post it on our page as well. Uh, Absolutely. Before you guys go, one thoughts real quick. Denzel Washington checked into a detox after a month of partying very hard. He uh, apparently was on a cruise with his wife and, I guess, some friends, and he was partying really hard and, uh, you know, I guess was drinking a little too much and decided to get back, and he checked into this, uh, you know, high-end detox facility, and they also had nutritionists and, you know, this kind of people, a trainer and a chef to help him out. So any thoughts? Adam, do you want to go first? <laughs> well, I mean, Denzel's getting too old for stuff like that. Come on, Denzel. <laughs> That's probably why he needs to be the award, you know? You're not, you're not. What's going on here? He's got to be around 50, right? Yeah, he's, I mean, he's over 50 points. But I think he needed that detox. You know, he realized what a young he thought he was. He needed to get his mind right. He needed to kind of tear it out, you know what I mean? Actually, I think Denzel is really knocking on sixty. I think he is fifty nine. Yeah, he's he's a little okay. Okay, okay. Yeah, I know he's a, all right, here we go, real quick. We all know how Hollywood is. We all know yeah. how they spend stuff. I think that maybe Denzel did party a little too hard, and it's unlike he actually checked himself into a rehab facility because because I I did read that article myself and I was like mm, I don't know about that one. Um, you know, publicists get a hold of things and they try to make it look pretty for the public so you don't suspect certain things. Right. I think that maybe Denzel went on a binger and in order to reel himself back in, he had to check into a facility to get himself straight. The article yeah. portrayed it like he does this on a regular after family vacations. He always does this before he goes back to work. What kind of nonsense is that? Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know they they were just they like to start kind of things, but you know we don't sure. He has any issues, so hopefully you know everything. Let's up and let's up. take the power away before the people actually get a hold of it and do what they want with it. We'll take control of it. We'll say that he went in because he's about to go back to work. He's getting his body in condition. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
Can, can y'all both please tell me what movie has Denzel been in that he needed to condition his body to do it? I don't know. Right. True. All right, gentlemen. Well, listen, thank you so much. Uh, have a great week. We'll talk next week, okay? A question. Are, are we talking about Mike Brown tonight? We are talking about Mike Brown. Yeah, if you want to stay on, we'll talk about Mike Brown. We're going to uh, hit Ms. Parker, Aaron, and then Mike Brown. And okay. Kwame is here. Kwame is here today. We're very excited. So we'll be talking to him in about 15 minutes. I'm excited about that as well. Cool. All right. Ms. Parker, what's going on? I know she was on the line. Yeah, Parker, how was your weekend? Good, good. You know, I told everybody I went and saw my dad for his birthday. His birthday was today, but we celebrated Saturday. My brother threw a very nice cookout, fish fry kind of thing. So I need to do the uh, the Denzel detox from <laughs> all the food I ate over the weekend. But but no, um, we had a great time. We had a great time. How was yours? I saw that you riding the bow looking great as always. Thank you, thank you. It was a busy weekend. It's a lot of um Leos, a lot of uh, summer babies, yeah. August mm-hmm. babies. I can't keep up, so yeah, I had yeah. four birthday parties to go to on Saturday. I ended wow. up on two, um, just exhausting. And then I then there was a pool birthday party on Sunday that I attended. Had dinner with the girls on Friday, so it was a pretty pretty busy social weekend. Yeah. But um, you know, as I said before, I never had a bad weekend, so it was it was awesome. Exactly. Exactly. I'm sorry. I was going to say, um, we saw the pictures of you in your uh, bikini. Someone told me, did you see Miss Parker? <laughs> she was looking at what I knew that you have a great body. You know, I've seen, you know, your pools and things like that. But what is your secret? The one want to know, what is your secret to this body? I, I, I actually want, I actually want to go into um, a little bit of, of what I've been doing. I know that I spoke to you about it in grip, in, in details, right. but, yeah. um, you know, I think fitness is way more than just physical. Of course, I go to the gym yeah. every day. I try to eat right. But I mm-hmm. think I think consciousness is a lot of it. And, and I'm, so I'm yeah. in a, um, a program. Well, not, I don't want to say a program, but it's, it's more of a lifestyle. So I go to a lifestyle gym that promotes healthy lifestyle and, 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 conscious, and, and conscious living. Um, mm-hmm. And so I wanted to kind of speak to the detox uh, that Denzel went through. I read the article. Okay. And, it's, and, it, and, it, and it is very... Um, I want to say normal, but a lot right. of the the people who are into natural living and conscious living, they detox right. weekly. Okay. Um, my life coach does it weekly. He does it every Monday, and he detoxes every uh, for four days every month. Oh wow! Okay. And you what it what does is of? every time. I'm sorry. You know what it consists of. I'm sorry. Do you know what it consists of? The detox. Oh, so I am going to go into that. Um, so what it does is when, when he detox, you can do a juice detox. You can do just veggies, but he does no eating at all. It's more of a uh, a fasting detox than what he does, and it's okay. just water. So it's a water detox. And what it does is, so, for example, a lot of our body and illnesses that we carry around, cancer, all the, the major mm-hmm. illnesses probably come yeah. from your Honestly, because if your if your 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 body and your mind and your spirit is not at peace, it creates a lot of illnesses in our body. So what mm. it does, if you go 24 hours without healing, your body have to work less for you to prosper to process any food. So if it's not processing food, what it's doing is it's healing something inside of you that is not that needs to be healed. So your okay. body heals one thing at a time. When it's not processing food, it's healing something. Um, and so that's why the naturalists really focus on eating vegan 
or eating, um, eating, uh, um, you know, just seafood because it, their body doesn't have to work as hard. So when your body is not working as hard to process food, it's actually working to heal something that's going on inside of us that we don't know. Something physical. Okay. Going okay. On inside of us. So detoxing is a is a pretty um, is a pretty pop, I don't want to say popular, but it's a pretty um, normal thing in that in that type of realm. People who live in a naturalist type stage. So it could be, it, it is very possible that Denzel does that when he goes on a binge, on a food binge or something. Right, um, yeah. I try to eat light on Mondays because usually on the weekends I eat a lot. And I, and I have tried detox on Mondays. It's just um, because I'm not used to it. My head hurts, and it, it really takes a long time for you to get your Yeah, you get adjusted. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. But it is okay. very possible. So I, I do a lot of, um, so going back to your question, Mine is a whole lifestyle change, and, and so um, you know I don't I don't wake up and look like that. I just I work on it. Um, yeah. And so and I, I don't want to give people any any mis you know misguidance that I just wake up and put on a bikini and, and you know I, I I've had weight issues before. I've had um, eating disorders. I have struggled with being 45 145 pounds. Now I'm 120. I have been skinnier than I am now, but not in a health way. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And for me, it had to have been a lifestyle. I had to make a lifestyle change enough for me to be where I am now. So it does yeah. take work, and not just physical work, but I do work a lot on my on my consciousness and my mental, and a lot of reading, and a lot of making sure that I'm healed from the inside out. Yeah, and you gave me that book to read, um, The Four Principles. I'm starting that this week. I'm excited about it. So I definitely uh, you give me an update on on it, on it. So you know, awesome, awesome. Let me know yeah. what you think. We'll do. We'll do. Let's uh, move on to Aaron. Aaron, uh, what's going on in the world of sports? Hey, Aaron. Hey, Miss Parker. What's going Steven. on, good man. First of all, Miss Parker, I I gotta give you just props, girl. I mean, yeah, body's looking. I mean, amazing. Just everything. Oh, thank just you, Aaron. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You are an inspiration. I I, I gotta step up. Step up my game, definitely. <laughs> I'm sure it won't definitely. take you that long. <laughs> but yeah, y'all, sports, man, sports. Honestly, it's it's taking a um a backseat this 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 week, man. I'm 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 just so consumed by what's what's going on, man, down in um mm-hmm. Ferguson mm-hmm. and stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's like sports is just kind of like taking a backseat for me for right now. Um, hell, I don't even know to talk about sports. All I know um, well, football. Oh, oh, well, I can talk yeah. about football. Um, I, know that. I know you've been watching that. That's the thing right there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Redskins are playing the um, the um, Browns right now here in um, in um, Washington. Uh, both pretty scoring. I, I, I wish can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay. When it when it comes to um Robert Griffin, I just wish that he would learn to um slide better whenever he's he's running with the ball. He mm. he 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 kind of runs kind of sloppy to me, and whenever he's he's sliding, his mm-hmm. um toe gets caught in the um in the grass, and it and it looks really awkward, and it looks like it it could become an um, issue. So mm. wanted to mention that. Um also tennis. Rafael Nadal will not be playing in this year's US Open. Um he hurt his wrist so he is out for the US Open. 
Wow. Any tennis any tennis fans? Do we got anybody Stephen, Miss Parker, G K, Adam? <laughs> you, you got that. Okay. You right. got that. Okay. <laughs> it's quick, it's right. It's it's just totally fine. All right. Um let's see. Basketball team USA, you know, they're um in the um this year is the it's like it's like the World Cup of um basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh that's that's about to start up soon. And I want to tell you, Aaron, I, was, I told you I was at uh, my dad's birthday cookout. Can we talk about that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, over yeah, the weekend, yeah. you know, my dad turned 62, so his friends are on that same age group. And LeBron right. James came up as, you know, a, a topic of discussion. And they were saying uh, how, like, all, most of them were very much in favor of him going back to Cleveland and think he's going to be there for a while. They think that he may not win this, this, this first season, but they think because of the people that they're bringing to the team, they're going to be, you know, something to reckon with next season. What are your thoughts? I know you just talked about no, it already. No. So old school thinks that LeBron's going to stay long-term. So Yeah. Oh, and, wow. And, 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 and they congratulated. They were they were happy that he did go back to Cleveland. They said they showed a lot about his character. And I was like, this is not what I've been hearing on my show. So. <laughs> I was interested in what you had to say about that. I was interested in what you say. I respect my um, elders. You know, I, I got yeah. mad, mad love for them, man. But this, what what um, Braun's doing, it's it's a it's love of this of this hometown. But it has to do also with contract, with money, man. Like he's he's it's okay. This is all strategic. It's very planned out, strategic. He. If you notice, he he has not signed a um, long term deal right. with Cleveland. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a t- it's a two year deal with a one year option, meaning that he can leave after after this season. Once the season's yeah. over, he could be like, okay, I'm out. And if he really wanted to stay, he'd be like, yo, sign me up, seven year deal. I'm finishing up here, retiring here. I love my town. I'm it's mm-hmm. a wrap. It's over. Nah, no sir. Pretty much like I ex- ex- explained ex- explained in the past, this two year deal is pretty much the last two year deal, the um, last two years of his Heat contract. Same thing. Right. He had two years left with the Heat deal. It was I guess it, um, Cleveland bought him out. Whatever. I, I don't know the um, the um, you know the I don't know all. All the just run everything. All the yeah, yeah. But pretty much, it's two years left in his um heat deal. This is a two year deal with with Cleveland. Come on, people, just saying. So and then and then it, another thing. It, okay, no, no. But but I but I will say this: after these two years, if he did signs with Cleveland for like a long term deal, deal, mm-hmm. then hey, I was wrong. I will eat crow. Like, <laughs> crow. Yeah, y'all, you all yeah. heard it here. I will I, I will eat crow. Straight up. Okay. Real, and then one more real. thing. One more thing before yeah. we move on to uh, yeah. the Mike Brown yeah. situation. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, they yeah. were saying that Derrick Rose is not going to come back as hard as he was before because you know they don't think he'll they think he'll he'll get injured again because the caliber of player he is and the much energy yeah. he's when he's playing he won't be able to do yeah. that without the injuries he's had. Do you agree? Derrick. Okay. First of all, Derrick is my dude. Like Derrick. Yeah, I like Derrick Rose. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, like Derrick. He's like one of those one of those players that I just really, really want him to get back to where he was. Like he 
he was just so good for the um, the um, league. He's just mm-hmm. awesome, talent, humble. He was he he didn't have that arrogance about him or anything. I mean, just like a right. dude. Now mm-hmm. with his injury and with him, no, I don't think that he's going to be that you know. But he was that player that he was in the past. But a ninety percent um, Derrick Rose is just, I, hey, I'll um, take him. I will. Yeah. I will definitely yeah. take him. So yeah, I, no, he's not gonna be the um, the um, same player anymore. Nah, nah. nah okay. So, yeah. Well, let's move on. Gonna be very good though. But he'll still be yeah. very good. I mean, ninety yeah. percent of what he was. Is yeah. A, a, oh yeah. A good absolutely. 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 Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So. Our question of the day today, and we're going to talk about this briefly before we go into our next segment with Kwame. Kwame is here, y'all. I can't wait to talk to him. But before we um, get to him, the question of the day, you know, a lot of we've been seeing it in the, in the media and on the news, just being under a rock, we don't know what's going on in Ferguson, Missouri, with the whole Mike Brown, um, the unarmed 18-year-old that was gunned down by a, a uh, police officer in the middle of the day, and now, this, you know, they're having the protest mm-hmm. and the uh, it's just it has been very chaotic in Ferguson. So the question today is, what are your thoughts on the Mike Brown slash Ferguson, Missouri situation? Go on the Stephen I Show, our Facebook page, or tweet us at Stephen I Show, SHO. I'm going to come. Hey, Ron, I know you had something to say about this. What are your thoughts on everything that's going down? Hey, Ron? Oh. <laughs> My what are your thoughts? Um, yes, yes, you want to talk about it. What are your thoughts? Oh yeah, um, it's man. It, it's, I can't even put it into words. Like just, just seeing what what I saw, like seeing the young man, lifeless blood coming out of his head. On just, just visually seeing that man, it it it, it just does something to me. And the fact that children and adults, like everyone you know in that neighborhood, saw his body laying there for you know hours. Yeah, four, four or five yeah. hours. I think. Yeah, just like, like mm-hmm. no respect for life, no respect for for the dead. It, it that that city, that town, Ferguson, the the county, but it, it's the city. They should have a history, a history of this. Yeah, the people versus the police. You know, you know what I mean. There's no camaraderie. Yeah, yeah it's like a hierarchy, hierarchy with the police being you know at the top. Ms. Parker, did you want to weigh in on this? I know that you you had some thoughts about it. Is she there? No. Okay, well, my, my thoughts are... Sorry, sorry, Steve, I'm okay. here. I had you guys on me apologize about okay. that. No, okay. I, I'm going to choose to listen tonight. Are you going to choose to listen? Okay. My mm-hmm. thoughts are, I think that this is what it is. I think we need to get all the information, but I do think that at the same time it's showing... Uh, a pattern, you know, all over the country, you know, because since this has happened, we've had three or four other teenagers killed by, African-American teenagers killed by uh, police officers. You know what I mean? So it's something that's been ongoing. And I think the bigger question is, because the gentleman said he was in Ferguson protesting today, it's not a black-white issue. It's more of a hierarchy situation. And I think that you're seeing the police officers using, you know, the they're, for, they're bringing too much force on, like, the, the punishment does not fit the crime. And I think that this like, the same situation, like, you know, the autopsy came out today. The first one said that um, he was shot six times, and four times were in his 
body. At least six times. And the, at least. At least six. At least six times. And two, the the one that because the uh, the person that performed the autopsy said that he could have lived, you know, with the other um, shots, but the one that hit the top of his head and that's what killed him. That he could not have survived that. And so, you know, you, you had a lot of eyewitnesses that said that he turned around, put his hands up. And yet the police mm-hmm. officer continued to shoot at him. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know. It's, that, that's a disconnect for me. You know, we weren't there, but if you see, if you have people saying that he turned around and, and surrendered, and yet he's still getting shot at, and then you know the police officer got over him, and shot at him. That's just that's to well, me. I don't. I don't get that. I don't get that. Well, you know, you, you know what this, this reminds is, me of? Do you, do you hmm. remember the movie Mississippi Burning? I don't. What was that about? It was about injustice from the police department in the South in Mississippi, okay. and the FBI really had to come in and regulate because it was really out of control. Yeah. And when I first heard this, that's exactly what it reminded me of, like a modern day burning Mississippi burning. Yeah. And yeah. I, I I think that at some point there should be like an efficiency expert of some point going through these towns and just to oversee, just to go through right. looking at the records, looking at the, the uh, arrest, you know, records and charges and see if they add up. Because did you see the chart for the mm-hmm. arrests uh, between African-Americans and non-African-Americans? Yeah. Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's yeah, bizarre. Yeah. And, and uh, I was going to say, I'll go try to thought, but um, – they actually had the footage because, you know, he hasn't, the police officer, you know, he has not made any statements publicly. You know, of course, he's been interviewed by people who are doing this investigation, but some lady called him to a radio station who's supposedly a friend of his. She was an alien. Josie. She kind of, yeah, Josie. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. And, she, and she told the story. And what didn't make sense to me in her story was, and, and like, again, I was not there. I don't know. What doesn't make sense is that she said that the, the police officer, Pointed a gun towards him, towards Mike Brown, Michael Brown, and he said, "What you gonna do? Shoot me!" And then charged. Who's gonna charge him with a gun? It makes no <laughs> sense. Right? What? <laughs> Who's gonna what charge him with a gun? It makes no sense. She. Yeah. It's, it sounds so. It, it it was so bizarre and so unbelievable. Yeah. And she says that she heard it from the the shooters significant other. I'm like, mm-hmm. huh, you so you so so you allegedly heard, right. heard right. it from someone from yeah. someone and you call it on the radio, girl, have a seat. Whereas we have three eyewitnesses that right. that all have seen that didn't but yeah. it's but it's so interesting that so I'm sorry, an eyewitness usually to me means an eyewitness. But it's there. like right. be, but because to me, it, it, it I, I kinda get this feeling that because these are African American eyewitnesses that they don't hold this, the um, same standing as it, if it was a Caucasian. I won't say that because I've been watching CNN and, you know, they've, they've because at first it was really just telling from the Mike Brown, you know, that side, but they've begun mm-hmm. to begin to show, um, you know, from the police officer side. And so, but they're, they're telling every story. So I don't think it's just about, because they're African American, I think that we only had one person from the police officer side, and that was this alias, this woman with an alias calling to a radio station. So, you and know, that's my point. And, and, She's and an alias. Also, 
And the issue also was, you know, Friday there, everyone was waiting to hear who the police officer was that actually did, you know, do the murder, in my opinion. And they announced his name, but then they released a video of Mike Brown. The big, you know, bad black man video. Right. The right. big, bad, was, alleged big, right. bad yeah. black man. Right. Yeah, so no. I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna continue to talk about we have to move on, but we're gonna continue to talk about this, um, you know, in weeks to come. I'm I'm interested to see how this plays out, but I wanna thank you all for um joining us, you know, for that little discussion. Kwame is on the line, so we gotta get to him. Gotta get to him. So we're gonna take a quick commercial break. Go on Facebook though and tell us what you think. What are your thoughts about the Mike Brown uh Ferguson, Missouri situation? Go on Facebook or Twitter and tweet us what you think. We'll be right back after this. Kwame. You're listening to the Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. You're listening now. You're listening to the Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. The Stephen Knight Show, Monday night. 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on EOTMRadio.com. Kwame, a talented artist, songwriter, and producer, first emerged on the music scene at large in 1989. Born in Queens, New York, Kwame was surrounded by musical influences as a child, including family friends such as Stevie Wonder. Uh, many of his longtime fans were excited when we announced that he'd be on tonight. So without further ado, please help me welcome hip-hop legend himself, Kwame. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up? What's going on? What's going Thanks on? for having what's... me. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, this is like a good day right now. Good day to have uh, you here. We got we, 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 to have good days. We got to have we good days. We have to have good days. We have to have good days. I, we, we posted it today. You know, we have been announcing it since last week. And so I said, Kwame, oh, my gosh, I grew up. I love you. I love you. So, you know, definitely the fans are listening tonight. Before we go into um, a little bit about, you know, your, your early on in your career, what are your, do you have any thoughts when it comes to this Mike Brown and LaTuan Ferguson? Yeah, I have a lot of deep thoughts. And it's not necessarily just directed to Mike Brown. Mike okay. Brown is a end result to a bigger issue right. that I think um, younger younger black men do not seem to address. And even with Mike Brown, even before that, um, uh, uh, to Trayvon Martin, all the way back to Emmett Till, we did yeah. a thing that, that, the, that young black men do not seem to address, especially now. Mm-hmm. And, and this, is, this is it. Mm-hmm. Though the mm-hmm. economic status of the black man has changed drastically over the last 50 years, in this society of pretty much most of the world, most of the Western world, we are still not equal. You have black billionaires, you have black millionaires, you have children of black millionaires and billionaires, and they, I think, somehow um, start to to feel like, for lack of a better term, that it's sweet now. It, you could just, mm-hmm. yeah. everything is on an on a, on a equal playing field. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, as much as they see it, because every year there's another Michael Michael Brown. Every exactly. every month there's another Michael Brown. So mm-hmm. so this is this is nothing new. We're just we're just enraged now, 
and in 2015 there will be another Michael Brown. So, so the thing that I'm trying to say is it's how you position yourself, how you understand the laws that, that, that are governed in, the, in your land as a young black man and, and understand that just because you feel like there's an air of equality, there isn't. And, and if, if young black men would understand that they are walking targets, they are walking suspects at all times, they would carry themselves in a different way, and they would be prepared, they would be better prepared for situations like that. Now, with Michael Brown's case, he was walking across the street, and the situation happened. Um, and But the thing that, that's even bigger, the smear campaign that they're putting on Michael Brown, yeah, oh, he, was, yeah. he, was stealing, he was stealing a cigar. And now the toxicology mm-hmm. reports come out, and he was smoking, smoking weed. And marijuana, yeah. And 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 I know a lot of people will argue, you know, you steal a cigar, you shouldn't be killed. You smoke and weed, you shouldn't be killed. I understand that, but if you had the thought process to know that you're always going to be a target and you're always going to be a subject suspect, you may not put yourselves in. You got to think. Like I tell my son, think about what the worst possible thing that can happen to you. Right. Right. And. And act accordingly to that. You know what I'm saying? I, I agree. I agree because I'm sure that when he woke up that morning, and even if you know, if, it, if you know, he allegedly stole these cigars. Even if he did that, I didn't. I don't think that he woke up with the mindset of I'm going to die today. You know what I mean? No, of course you're not. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about, think about, think about. You know, and and if anybody that knows me, I am the least bit. <laughs> Of a racist in any way, shape, or form. Of course, I, yeah. I, 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 I don't. I, you know, I have friends of all types, and mm-hmm. but I can safely say that a young white teenager that may even be in a, from an affluent area or affluent family will wake up one morning and say, "You know what? I feel like going to Dwayne Reed and jacking some lipstick or jacking, you know, just mm-hmm. stealing yeah. something." Kids right. do it all the time, and the one consequence that's going to happen to them, and they know it in their mind and in their spirit, that only thing's going to happen. You may call the cops cool, but they're just going to call their mom, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's it. You know, and and you know they they can maneuver in that type of way because they know that the consequence isn't that. But I think a lot of young black men don't seem to understand that the simplest thing you do can get you killed. Yeah. And or, or or the simplest thing you do can make you a suspect just because I don't know how many young black men that I know that got stopped by the cops, taken in by the cops just because they were a black guy in a white T-shirt. Right. You know, just yeah. something as simple as that, you know. Absolutely. So do you tell them not to wear white T-shirts? You know, like I told my son, when you get dressed in the morning, ask yourself if some of the knuckleheads that you know are wearing the same thing. If that right. answer is yes, find something else to wear. It's yeah. just that simple. You know, yeah. because you have to you have to find ways to maneuver around the system until the system has changed. And at the same time, activism is very a very important thing too. That that changes systems as well. I don't personally believe in looting and rioting and stuff like that. But you gotta make some kind of noise in order to be heard. So so right. with that being said, I think there's do's and don'ts and, and right and wrong way to, 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 to activate people's um, consciousness 
when it comes to this Michael Brown situation and the situations before that and after it. So you know, yeah, it's just so, it's, it's it's learning steps. Yeah, yeah. It seems like the the world as a whole, because you know, if you look out, you look if you saw the footage today, you saw black, white, you know, and, and other minorities marching together. You know, because they just can't fathom how this young man was uh, killed. But um. Yeah. But yeah, that's something we'll definitely continue on this show to talk about. But I want to get more into your career, and you know, you released your first album at the age of sixteen, The Boy Genius. Yeah, I mean, and and that let's make it known, it made the uh, the Ego Trips book of rap list uh, 1989's top 25 album. So that's a classic album that a lot of people remember to this day that still have. Do you remember what was going on then in your life when you were sixteen making that album? Well, you know, me, I was just 1,000% into my music. Okay. So the only thing that was going on in my life was music and and mm-hmm. and the pursuit of it, you know. But the difference is, if I think if a 16-year-old now wants to become a rapper, they could tell their parents, I want to be a rapper, and everything is on the split. Me, right. yeah. no one, nobody thought that it was ever going to be anybody's career, that you can never make any kind of money off of it, and... If you just didn't have any kids that did hip hop, most adults did not know what it was at all. Right. And if they did know what it was, they, you know, and it's weird because what people thought hip hop was back then is pretty much what hip hop is now. So back then they thought it was a bunch of kids doing wrong, doing talking right. about drugs, right. talking about yeah. sex, uh, uh-huh. um, doing all this crazy stuff. Where back then it was just kids. Literally elevating their consci- consciousness. Mm-hmm. They were yeah. they were studying they were studying old type of records. They were learning about older artists. They were taking that stuff, fashioning it up, and making music out of it. Mm-hmm. They were flipping the fashions in the street and and making things their own. So it was a big cultural explosion at that time. That, that like Will Smith said, the parents just didn't understand. So so for me, it was like okay, I am gonna have to prove my parents, prove to my parents that this is actually something. You know, when right. a parent yeah. would say, turn that rap stuff off, back then you could say to your parent, Mom, Dad, just sit here and listen to this record. Right. I don't know what it's talking about. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know if you could do that right now. As as much as, you know, with a lot of the mainstream stuff. Right. Like, just sit yeah. here and actually listen to this record, and then it'll change your perspective on what what me and my, my generation is, is dealing with. So, so that was some of the differences from, from then to now. So it's interesting you talk about today's music because, you know, if you go on any radio station, I don't care, especially in any major city, you hear the exact same songs played ten times over the last the, the course of an hour. What what are your thoughts on, well, first, are there any artists that are, you know, new artists or current artists that you that you listen to now and you can say, okay, I like what they're doing? Is, is there anybody you can think of? Well, I, I listen to a lot of different artists. It's, it's weird. So, like, that question is kind of like an open-ended question for me because yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't. My musical palette is is very vast, and I can't say okay. that I sit down and I zone in on certain hip hop stuff. What I can say is because I do current music, you know, I produce current music. Yeah, that course. that I I listen to what's going on. The unfortunate thing is I feel like this is something I have to do, not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, when I hear a lot of this stuff, like, I, I, I get it, I, you know, I'm not out of touch, but it's not, it does not motivate me 
in yeah. any way. Like I can sit and listen to the radio and I hear the, that that ten song playlist. It's never going to make me want to go into the studio and, and make a beat or, right. or, 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 right. or write a song. It's just like, exactly. all right, cool. It's like just like walking to McDonald's. The smell of McDonald's does not make you want to go home and cook. Right. Exactly. You consume right. it because yeah. you're there, but yeah. you don't go home and say, you know, what? I'm going to make me a Big Mac just like I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just doesn't, you know. For, but but. Like, I can give you an example. When I was a kid, like, young, like 10 or 11 years old, the station, the main station in New York City was a station called 92KTU and WBLS. Mm-hmm. And just to give you a, an example of the playlist, you would hear Michael Jackson, then it would go into whatever the top rap record it was at the time. So, say, Michael Jackson and Curtis Blow, and then you would hear a, a, a John Lennon record, then you would hear a Madonna record, then you would hear an Isley Brothers record, and then you would hear um, uh, a Barry White record, then you hear a James Brown record, then you hear another rap record. Then you, you know, the, as long as the record was dope, you, those were the records that was on the playlist. Yeah. It had nothing yeah. to do with the color. There were no right. genre boxes. So as a kid, I was exposed to so much music just mm-hmm. listening to the radio. Right, I learned about yeah. different genres and artists, white, black, and in, or in between, just from the normal, regular radio playlist. Um, and, and as time went on, uh, those playlists changed drastically to what we have now, where it's just like, it's like uh, uh, the Wizard of Oz, like this one conglomerate controls everything that you're going to hear mm-hmm. and listen to for the whole day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the truth because I know I'm I'm always listening to uh, different radio stations. When I'm working out and you hear the same songs, the same songs. But after, so after your after I think it was four albums you did, you decided to really just hone more into your production abilities. Um, and since then you've worked with anyone from Lloyd Banks to Will Smith, Fifty Cent, Tweet, Missy, Pussycat Dolls, Christian Aguilera, you know, Method Man, Raven Simone. Fantasia, Mary J. Blige, Keisha Cole, everyone. And you recently did a song with, um, with uh, what's your name? I'm sorry, Vivian Green. Tell us about yeah. that single. Well, Vivian Green, that record is called Get Right Back to My Baby. And um, it's, I just produced her, her fifth album. The name of the album is called V. That album comes out in um, February. But okay. um, I, always, I always admired Vivian's artistry as a soul singer. I just never yeah. thought that, even though she's she's had you know several number one records and, and she sold some good amount of records, I just never thought that they gave her enough of a shot. And I thought she just needed energy records and stuff like that. So, you know, we teamed up, and um, you know, we make a great team. Like I, I we did, we wrote, I wrote and produced um, her current album, like I said, that's coming out. And then right now we're actually teamed up. I'm working on a film, and I'm the music producer of a film called Seasons of Love, and I'm the music okay. supervisor. And Vivian wow. is very heavily involved with the songwriting process of the the songs that I did for the film. So you know, she's you know not just a great artist; she's just a, she's a super talented songwriter as well. Right. And, and and I just wanted to bring her in and and help her expand on on all of the different talents that she has. So. I'm excited for this project. It's going to be real dope. 
I can't wait to hear it. What, what, what made you decide after that fourth album to, you know, concentrate more on the production aspect of the business? Oh, it was very simple. I fell off as a rapper. I was broke as hell. <laughs> and, I needed, and, and, and I made a decision. I said, am I going to be a – what is my – what is my future going to be? Am I going to be the statistic? Am I going to just be that old school rapper that, you know, that was hot for these last three or four right. years and then yeah. call it a day? Or or am I going to prove to myself, number one, that music is the career that I wanted to be in. Music is the lifelong career that I wanted to be in. I never would have expected 25 years, years later right. yeah. to have, mm-hmm. you know, to have sold you know, records that sold over 30 million copies. I never thought exactly. I would I would have, you know, wrote and produced for over 12 films. You know, things like that were never in my mind frame mm-hmm. just as a rapper. All I wanted to do as a rapper was write and produce for myself. But right. when that ran out, it was like, okay, you're going to just, what are you going to do? You're just going to keep, it's like I call it like living in high school. Like a lot of people, when they grow up, they feel that high school was their, their most favorite years. Exactly, yeah. Relive their high school years. I can't. I can't do that. I'm always trying to keep it pushing, man, and 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 fully realize myself. So so that was like that that firm decision. Like by hella high water, I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep this music going. And it definitely worked because you know you work with such great artists. You still, like you say, you sold so many millions of albums. You contribute to albums. You know, at production side, even from your own album. What advice would you give someone, especially I'll say a young rapper, because you know, you're right that music changes. And, like, I know some people who are very talented rappers who maybe 10 years ago they had a sound, but they're not able to, um, you know, because music's changed. So they don't, they don't yeah. fit the current, you know, what's current on the radio. What advice would you give them? The biggest advice is never get, never get attached to a sound. Like, okay. never. Like, don't, you know, there's like, that, that's the problem with half of the New York rappers. They're so New York. They can't understand why they can't get tracks placed or records made because they're stuck at a, on a sound and a time. You know, even mm-hmm. with a lot of old school rappers, they're stuck in a time. It's like, yeah. as a rapper, your job is to tell your story and the stories of people around you. So as a rapper, your job is to expose yourself to as much as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Don't just be from... Brooklyn and stay in Brooklyn and never know anything right. about anywhere else. Like mm-hmm. push your boundaries and push your, your exposure and just write about it because the more you do and the more you write about it, as time goes on you and you're writing about the things you're seeing currently, that makes you current with the time. Right. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? You're, you're always current. You're always talking about your experiences. So say for example, if I'm a 40 year old man, and I decide to make a record, my record better be from the perspective of a 40-year-old man, not a 25-year-old man. I'm not 25 anymore. Unless I'm telling you a story about something that happened to me when I was 25, I should never be trying to make a record to compete with a 25-year-old. It, it, it exactly. shouldn't be, you know, because there's people my age that like hip-hop too. There's people 25-year-olds that like their type of hip-hop, and those artists should speak about their experience but the biggest thing is when you speak about your experience just tell the truth because right, at the end yeah. of the day people see the truth they see through a lie and if you're a good writer and you're telling the truth 
everybody will believe it. And when you can bring people into your story and your experiences, that's when people are attached to you as an artist. Okay. And we can't let you go without talking about some of your charity work. Tell us a little about, because I, I think one of the biggest things, especially for anyone that, you know, is privileged um, to give back, and, and you definitely have done that. Tell us a little bit about what you have going on. Well, I guess I guess you can call it charity work. I I just call it just what I have to do. Is just it, you know I think that um, I'm very into very much into the the arts, the arts programs okay. and schools and and mm. and things of that nature. So I always lend myself to those type of programs. Whether it was it was one you know for about two years I taught uh, um, a, a creative writing class and you know. Also, I, I I taught a um, a music appreciation class. Uh, I've I've um, done a lot of different uh, events where 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 I try to enlighten kids and just give kids the perspective that they need to either just to continue their artistry. You know, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. all. Just just continue their artistry and 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 expand on it and, and don't and allow and, and try to show kids that it's okay to, to be just who they are and what they want to be. And and that to me is a very big motivating factor because a lot of times, you know, you know, most rappers are, are influential people that are just like, yeah, get your money or money right, or right. everything. Or, or exactly. it's, it's, it's always something stupid about money. And it's like money is the last thing that these yeah. kids need to be talking about. Exactly. There's no there's no dollar amount guaranteed on talent. Yeah. There's no dollar yeah. amount guaranteed on 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 following a dream. So you need to have people out there motivating them in that in that way. And I think one of my end goals, like I wanna I wanna open either a music conserv like a new music conservatory or a workshop where we go to different schools and we we start and fund programs. Music, music programs, real music programs um, in these schools. I haven't been to a school in the last 15 years that I saw them have a band, like a school band. When I was a kid, all schools had a band. And the bands usually are terrible, but still it was right. like a band that you could, you know, it, and it, it helps with kids' academics and everything. And, and, and they just don't fund that anymore. Right, so, yeah. so yeah. you know. I figure if you can have a basketball team, you can have a a, a school band. I mean, that's how I look at it. You know, you can have a football team, you can have a band, and and so that's my real passion. You know, just okay. fostering fostering the arts in school. I love your Twitter. Everybody can find on Twitter at Kwame. We did um, Kwame did it. Yeah. I like that name. Is there any significance behind that name? When I was first selling tracks, no one b- would believe that I made those type of beats because I make beats with yeah. so many different types of artists. So I used right. to have this tagline where it just says Kwame did it before the beats dropped. And so when I started on Twitter, I just used that, you know, as okay. a recognizable. Okay. But then it was weird because then I used to get a lot of tweets from people from Detroit mad at me thinking that I was blaming their mayor for doing the crazy stuff that he did. <laughs> wow. Wow. Kwame, it's been a pleasure, man, having you on the show. Like I say, you are hip hop. You're legend. You're legend. Everybody's so excited to have you on, and, and I was very excited to talk to you tonight. I wish you nothing but continued success in this wonderful career you have. Thank uh, you very and, much. 
Thank you so much. Tell everybody where they can follow you and keep up with everything you have going on. Well, like you said, on Twitter, I'm at Kwame Did It, D-I-D-I-T. And on Instagram, I am on Kwame Vision. You know, I'll post the weirdest, craziest thing that my my eye sees. So um, check me out on Instagram, Kwame Vision. And on Facebook, it's Kwame the Boy Genius. And you can just, all the updates to the different shows or, or different productions that I'm doing, um, you know, stay in touch. Let me know, let me know what you thought about the show tonight. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you thought about the show tonight as well. All right, well, man, have a good one, man. I appreciate it. All right, thank you, man. All right. And we'll be right back after this. Hey there, this is Luella, and I am back, baby. Who I want to know, who is this him? TL and DJ Team Picasso, Mad Man, and all this kind of... Who is this? Mother Jenkins. That is the show that they have. It's a hip-hop show. And it comes on every... Every what time? Is it every Wednesday, every other time? They tell me one thing and something else be going on. Mother, but what is Mother Jenkins, it's every other Wednesday. Every second Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard. Eastern Standard. I done told y'all about this. Well, Mother Jenkins, this is for the children. No. The young adults. Oh, the children. Well, go ahead on and tell them. To go ahead on and do what they need to do. Now, I don't want all that old cussing and all that kind of old stuff. Now, if they do that, now, I may have to come on Uh-oh. with the cussing. <laughs> well, y'all go ahead on tune in to me every other way and every other way at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, okay? Thank y'all. All right, now, bye, child. All right, that's Mother Jenkins, y'all. EOTMRadio.com. Tune in and let's talk about it. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Before we uh, go on to music, I want to mm-hmm. talk about, um, oh, wait, we'll read some of your response to the question of the day. What are your thoughts on the Mike Brown uh, Ferguson, Missouri situation. Tyrone said it's a bunch of foolishness and actually makes me angry the fact that they're, they're criminalizing Brown for their argument is mind-boggling to him, but he thinks it's going to work against them as well since the general public can see right through the mess. Bakira said her opinion is that the police, for one, have become extremely militant and necessarily aggressive in general. Sometimes it needs to be done, something needs to be done about it, the media is racially, racially biased in the reporting, which adds to stigmas that are already there for people of color and feeds on fear and hate of those who look for a reason to fear and hate based on race. Uh, she goes on. Um, Angie says, I think that we haven't heard the whole story. There are two sides to every story. Media only tells the side that they think are going to get some ratings. Um, I'm not taking to either side, but the officer's side needs to be heard. There are bad people everywhere, but we do not have the right to judge. There is only one judge, and he will judge us when the time comes. As far as the looters, they need to stop and use common sense. They are not helping the situation at, at all. In fact, their ignorance is making it worse. Um, will posted a posted a link that talks about it's Jesse Jesse Williams and the depiction of Michael Brown. Um, Nathaniel Gibson said, "A tragedy, yes." An execution, yes. Justice for the victim, yes. It is also time for us as a people to get our house in order. We need to uh, stress voting, education, parenting, and changing the image of us as a people. No more thugs, but people with morals. Courage to change our own neighborhood, strength to speak out what we must do, and the guts to see it through. Uh, Diana says, I think that the police in general have become very aggressive and use their badge 
to mess people's lives up. Hell, for no reason. The media is probably making millions of dollars off of this kind of situation. I'm not prejudiced by any means and don't get it. And then um, more people obviously weighed in. This is definitely a heavy discussion that we're going to talk about. You know, Unfortunately, we uh, ran out of time with Kelly. She she had to go, but um, I definitely want to hear her story. She has a very good story. She was a burn survivor who had taken her story and turned it into, you know, someone who had burns over 75% of her body. Um, she took a near-death success from an ugly scar-faced girl to top 10 most powerful and influential speaker, fierce woman of the year, three-time bestseller author and recipient of Queen Elizabeth the second Diamond Jubilee Medal, and most recently she was the Y, the YMCA Woman of Distinction in 2013. So we definitely want to hear her story because a lot of us may not have the outer scars, we have those internal scars that we need to definitely uh, deal with. But now it's time to go on to Stephen's playlist. Um, you know, as you know, we play music from all over. People submit their music on a daily basis. <laughs> if you want to do so, please email us at thestephenishowgmail.com and catch one or two songs. Your bio wants your promotional pictures. And remember that all songs must be edited for radio, meaning no cursing, and we definitely look forward to hearing from you. Now, the first song is by Kwame. It's a throwback, one of his classic hits. It's called Only You. Check it out and enjoy Stephen Cook.
see you got the picture. So come over here, let's get freaky. You ready? One and a, two and a, one. I wanna do it like uh, And give it to you just like uh, Come over here and do it like uh, Turn around and I do a little something like
Writers have song tunes to sing along, giving credit to haters. Rejoice in the Lord for showing His love and giving me some favors. Easy to get discouraged when things are still, thank God that things are still. Broken down, standing in the rain 
tears rolling down your face You know I'm coming over to make sure you're okay You don't have to wait, I'ma save the day Call me Superman, you can go and play Girl, I'm on my way, hey, hey. Girl, I'm on my way, hey, hey. You don't have to wait, I'ma save the day
support you when it's beneficial. I'ma forgive, I won't forgive, but I'ma dead the issue. Soon as you out the niggas lives is when they start to miss you. They see you doing good, now it's kinda hard to dish you. Niggas be sick when they remember all the bad they wished you. Niggas be mad when they can't come and live lavish with you. But, but, but I sped off in the Benzie. I see the envy when I'm causing a frenzy. So I pop pills for them. Cop cribs in the hills on them. Yeah. All I need 
love our players. I want to thank our special guest, Kwame, for being on tonight. And I want to apologize again to uh, Kelly, Kelly Farlardu for uh, not having a chance to go there. I hope we will in the future. I want you all to go to our website, thesevenightshow.web.com, to find out who's going to be on next week. Have a great week, and God bless. Girl, I'm on my way.